to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Yep. Another episode of the Culture State Podcast. Um, Hardly home, but always repping if you're watching. Got my Greensboro Swarm t-shirt on. My man Dennis Cox over there hanging out. What's up, Dennis? You've been rocking the Swarm stuff. You had it on our Culture State Saturday shows on the fan recently. Now you're rocking it on the podcast here as well. You know what? basketball season. Hey, it is basketball season. It's alive and popping. One thing you can do, you can pop a pop. You can pop a fresh Papa Murphy's pizza in your oven because every Tuesday, Chris, just yep. for $10.99, you get any large pizza from Papa Murphy's. Again, $10.99 on Tuesdays. Pop it fresh out of your oven. Papa Murphy's changed the way you pizza. Absolutely. Um, everybody knows. If you don't know, uh, we'll remind you. I have a background in pro wrestling. I used to be a pro wrestler. Yes. Um, after yeah, many uh, wrestlers whole, on this podcast. Yeah. And after a whole lifetime, of, of being a, a wrestling fan, um, I wanted to become a pro wrestler. One of the things that kind of led me to the decision of, of actually going back and deciding to be a pro wrestler. I used to want to be a pro wrestler when I was a kid, but I was kind of dissuaded from it. You know, as I turned 18, I was like, eh, I don't like the business as much anymore. I don't know if I can make um, as much money and I need to go focus on this. I didn't know if I could do it at the same time. And then radio was happening, kind of went down. Um, you know, I wasn't really picking up anything in television. Uh, the music that I was doing wasn't popping off. And I was like, you know what? Even though things aren't on the level as I want it to be, I need to at least say I've done everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. And so it's like, let me be a pro wrestler. There was one particular weekend. It was the weekend that uh, that Whitney Houston died. I don't, I, I will never forget this. I went to a CWF Mid-Atlantic show in, uh, in Greensboro. The next day, uh, was my mom's birthday. So I was flying to Florida to see my mom. My mom worked, still works at Universal Studios, who was taping at Universal Studios at the time. TNA. Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I went to an Impact taping. I think it was Friday. Uh, it may have been, um, this was a Saturday night I went to. I flew out on a Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, Saturday night, flew out on a Sunday. I think Tuesday, I w- went to an Impact taping. And I was like, hmm, I'm close to Tampa. Let me just drive over to Tampa to FCW. Went to yeah. FCW taping. Uh, that was the debut of Cesaro. Yeah. There. A lot um, of people don't know FCW eventually is what evolved into NXT. NXT. It was the developmental um, territory in WWE at the time. And and uh, and then what ended up the person that took my tickets at the door was Aiden English. Like this is really? when he was just uh, <laughs> he was just like really? the, the ticket guy training. Yeah. Um, you know, Big E was there, met him in a parking lot. Like it was yeah. a cool experience. And I saw these guys and I was like, I can do this. You know, I, I can do this. The year before I went to a ring of honor event and I saw, uh, local guys like the bravado brothers ended up becoming good friends with them. Saw Cedric Alexander from Charlotte currently in WWE team up with Caprice Coleman, who is our guest on the show today. Caprice is from uh, Carthage, North Carolina and, and Moore County. Um, uh, uh, Cedric is from Charlotte and they were a great tag team and in, in ring of honor ended up becoming friends with those guys. And so I was like, man, like going to that ring of honor show in, in December, February, going to those shows from uh, CWF to FCW and to TNA all within a week. I was like, I can do this. And I got to show you this picture, Dennis. For all the people that are listening right now, I see my man Chris Lee in his nice tight, like lime lime neon green spandex, lime green with the with the zebra print too. Yes, trim. And that is me across the ring from Caprice Coleman. Yeah, uh, who is our guest today on on the podcast? And and you know if you can't notice it when I'm putting my phone up here, I had like two and a half abs. At that point, I don't have that now. <laughs> two, two, two and a half, half. That half, hey, that's that's two and a half more than I have right now. I can tell you that. Look, look at that deltoid too. Like that, I had an athlete's body then. Uh, I need to get back to that. Uh, but Caprice Coleman, um, in Ring of Honor, um, had like uh, you know a couple like enhancement matches with WWE. He's been all around the world. Um, you know, and I, I will say this to him. You know, when we talk to him, but he's one of the best wrestlers to come out of the state of North Carolina that never got his just due. 
yeah. that never had a chance to have that true run in in uh, at a major major company. He did have Ring of Honor at about a major major company, and I um, I'm glad that he's getting his just due right now, uh, even as a broadcaster. Yeah, it's it's amazing because we're gonna talk to him about what it was like during the pandemic calling matches as a commentator and stuff. I remember actually flipping through the channels and actually saw Ring of Honor Wrestling was on. I was like, you know what? Let's throw it on because there's been a lot of great talent that has come through Ring of Honor. If you look at some of the big names in professional wrestling, like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Cesaro that you mentioned earlier, even the guys Seth like Young Bucks, yeah, Seth Ryan, formerly known as Tyler Black. Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole. A lot of this talent started at Ring of Honor. And unfortunately for Ring of Honor, they just they couldn't afford to keep like pay these guys. It's just the nature of the business, whereas the bigger promotions could. But watching some of the matches and just like, wait, Caprice Cole, like his commentary is fantastic. And just also seeing what he's able to do in the ring. Like this guy's legit good. And he's been all over the place. He's wrestled at Impact. He's wrestled all over the world, like you said, big time in Ring of Honor for the last decade plus. And like you said, he's he's finally getting his flowers in some way, shape, or form. Uh, stuff that's coming to him, even though he's at a at a I say lack of a better term, a more advanced age than a lot of people in the professional wrestling business. But he's also shown his value of what he can do more than just being an in-ring performer. He does the commentary and also does a lot of stuff behind the scenes too. I'm gonna tell you. This guy, Caprice, though, when, when you talk about going in the ring with people who are legit strong, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Like, I've been in the ring with the big guys. I've been in the ring with smaller guys. Guys are smaller than me. I was considered small, but I was I always wrestled at around I'm 5'9". I always wrestled around. Um, when I first got in, I was maybe 190. When I left, I was like 210, but solid muscle. Um and so I was considered small, but I'm wrestled against guys who were smaller, who were like, you know, maybe my height, but maybe they're only 150, 140. And I felt strong as hell because I could just throw them around. Caprice Coleman, Cedric Alexander and Trevor Lee are the strongest people I've been in the ring with. Like, you know, and, and that's and that is pound for pound because they can move you in ways that <laughs> in ways that other people can't move you, you know, and, and you know, it's not to give too much away. But when you see people performing these big time wrestling moves, it takes strength from the person who's giving the move. But it also takes cooperation from the person who is taking the move. Yeah. Right. Caprice, Cedric and Trevor Lee, currently known as Cameron Grimes and NXT, WWE's NXT, are guys that if they wanted to just literally body slam me without me, like me basically sandbagging them with me, not even helping them out, they could do it. They've done it. <laughs> like I didn't know it was coming, and and it was yeah. like, oh gosh, okay, I guess I'm going. And and so uh, and I'll say Cedric is at the top of that list, but um, uh, Caprice is an athlete, man. And so don't let the age fool you. Like he calls himself the ageless wonder for a reason. He's still one of the guys that can get up there and probably do a lot better than, and still more athletic than a lot of twenty something year olds. Well, he's just a long, he's just part of that long list of people that you said come from Moore County, North Carolina. The Matt and Jeff Hardy we've had on our show, uh, Shannon Moore, Caprice himself. It's just, and then even not far down the road, Johnston County, where you have uh, Hurricane Shane Helms is from. This, this little pocket in North Carolina, it just seems to keep producing a lot of, a lot of talent in the wrestling business. Well, let's uh, not waste any more time. Caprice Coleman right here on the Culture State Podcast. Baby, you're gonna you're gonna love this one right after this. All right, Dennis, we've had uh, a few wrestlers on our podcast before, uh, but this is the first time we've had a pro wrestler on that I've actually been in the ring with where I've wrestled them or and I've also tagged with them as well. So uh, Caprice Coleman, the ageless one uh, doing his thing. Uh, you know, he's the uh, current AML champion. He's also in Ring of Honor and just done wrestled all over the world uh you know one of the best wrestlers ever come out of state of north carolina that i feel like never gets the uh acclaim and accolades that he he truly deserves so caprice coleman welcome to the culture state podcast we appreciate it hey i appreciate you inviting me on this show and chris i'm proud of you bro i remember you uh from being a fan of wrestling to getting into wrestling doing good at wrestling getting back out getting great at what you've already been good at so (laughs) i'm proud of you man We, we look at you my my family is a big fan of you and your family. <laughs> Appreciate it. If we were in Charlotte, we'd hang out a lot more, but you know, COVID and 
you know, yeah. to drive. It's all <laughs> I like good. Driving. It's all good. It's, 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 it's that type of friendship to where we don't even have to see each other for a minute. When we see, we know the love is still there. So it's all good. Absolutely. Um, so first off, as I chew on some ice, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I wanted to just talk about how you got started um, in, in wrestling. I know that you go back and uh, with Matt Hardy and you guys, uh, he trained you and everything. But how did that all start? How did you guys actually end up linking up? And, um, you know, when did you kind of uh, discover that, like, hey, I can be pretty good at this uh, pro wrestling thing? I um I wrestled all the way through high school and um high school, my senior year. I did pretty good. wasn't good enough to go into college, but but I did good and 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 I was always in shape and I, I loved wrestling and I was one of the high school wrestlers that um, I like collegiate wrestling and I also like pro wrestling and that is a rarity because a lot of yeah. high school wrestlers hate pro wrestling. Right. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I was one that loved both, and uh, the year was was about over. The season was definitely over, and we had already finished uh, the tournaments and the the seasonals and all and so uh i had went to i want to say like maybe a it's a gas station or, or or somewhere and this guy was putting up signs for like a, a pro wrestling event they was gonna have it like an armory or something and i was like what is this about and he was like oh he came up to me he was one of the wrestlers his name was commando i'll never forget it. i don't know what he's doing now but he was like yeah we, we have it i'm a wrestler and this and that and i'm looking at him like okay like I think I take this guy, <laughs> and and you got it. You know, back at back in this time, I weighed like 125 pounds, so it wasn't the same Caprice Coleman that you see now. This was like a a scrawny 18 year old, and I'm looking at this guy. He probably weighed 180 pounds or, or something like that. But I'm looking at him like, I don't know, you know. And so I said, well, well, I want to be a wrestler. I said I wrestled all the way through school. You know, I, I would like to train. And he kind of looked at me, I guess, the same way I looked at him, and was like, sure, whatever. And um, he said, we train on Sundays if you want to come check us out and see if there's something you like. And so I came there and he wasn't there. Matter of fact, he's never been there. Never seen him before. (laughs) After that, like he disappeared. He was on posters and everything. Hadn't seen him since. Like maybe he was an angel or something. But (laughs) I'm serious. Like I have no idea what happened to Commando. Okay. And so uh, it was Jesus coming down, like letting you know, like, hey, this is your calling right here. Yeah. And so he disappeared. And so I I get there and um, I pull up in this yard and there's a wrestling ring in the yard. And so I pull up and I walk out and they just kind of look at me and I look at them and I'm just like looking at the ring because I've never really been that close to a wrestling ring or whatever like that. And I introduced myself and uh, it, was, it was Matt, Matt and Jeff and uh, uh, Trevor Lee's dad, Tracy. It was Tracy's house. Uh, and they just kind of introduced themselves to me. And I told them how I found out, you know, uh, who they were or whatever. And I think I had a phone number first. They, they told me, like, when they practiced and, and whatever like that. So I had already introduced myself to them on the telephone and told them I was going to be there. Uh, or whatever so yeah that's how it started and like i said i weighed probably 100 and, by the time i graduated high school i probably weighed 125 pounds then because i wrestled 119 my senior year and so i probably weighed at the most 130 and so they were kind of looking at me i guess the same way the commando looked at me or whatever until i got in the ring and i wrestled a little bit and they realized okay this guy is a shooter uh or whatever and so uh matt kind of took me on his wing and uh matt wrestled a little bit in high school and so did jeff and so like matt was was not scared of me one bit man and actually like to be honest with you um matt could beat me in collegiate wrestling like and he didn't even use collegiate wrestling he was just really really strong so he would just grab mm-hmm. you and hold you and like uh just it's something really in the water in moore county man uh, yeah. something in the water in moore county y'all it, y'all are just strong naturally like he you, played Trevor, football and matt. He tried to wrestle uh but i think jeff actually wrestled or whatever but like in that, I guess we had a common respect for for each other, and he taught me the bumps and taught me how to run the ropes and all that. And uh, Shannon Moore was there, and he was kind of their smaller guy. Uh, and so I refereed for him uh, for for about a year. I, I, re- I trained wrestling and refereed for him. And then one day, Matt came to me, and he was like, "Hey, I think you're ready to wrestle." And over that year, I probably gained thirty pounds, so I was probably like 160 pounds or something like that. And uh, just kind of started from there. What what kept you going back? Like what 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 was the drive? Like what was the like where the passion come from? What kept you going back? I've, I've been addicted to pro wrestling, and I, and I say addicted meaningfully 
since I was like three years old. I remember being three or four years old, turning on the TV and seeing Dusty Rhodes and um, him shooting a promo. And I didn't even know it was pro wrestling. I just saw this guy talking on the microphone and he was talking about like the devil in the boot uh, or whatever. And um, and he was right. I think he was feuding with Barry Windham or something. I may have the feud mixed up, but like I remember seeing him and it, it like it my attention was drawn to him. And then I started watching pro wrestling and I was raised up in a single parent home um, at that time. So like these were kind of like my father figures in a way or not father figures, but like men, you know what I mean? Mm, And so uh, I I was hooked on pro wrestling to the point to where when I was punished as a kid, I wasn't punished like you can't go outside or you can't do this. You know, my punishment was like you can't watch watch wrestling. wrestling. That was me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so and so that's that's just kind of how I grew up. And uh, everybody just knew me. I was a kid that liked pro wrestling. I used to make the belts. And, you know, as, as I got older, the belts got more detailed or, or whatever like that. And um, so that everybody knew that I was going to preach and I was going to wrestle or I was going to do one or the other, you know. And uh, yeah, that was the drive, man, actually being there and seeing people, you know, in the ring. And then I think when I got there, the respect I got from them because of the background I already had in like, you know, high school wrestling, collegiate wrestling. The, that initially when they looked at my size, I guess they thought one thing, but then when they saw, I guess, what I had already learned, it was like, oh, okay, we can do something with this guy. And so uh, that drive, uh, that was the drive there, the the support system that they had and um, the availability they had and just seeing them and what they were doing uh, was enough drive to keep me into it. I don't know if you talk about the uh, your addiction to wrestling like I, I relate to all of that, you know, growing up uh, in Greensboro. But one of the things I always thought was uh, great about you um, is that like you, you you're on national television, you know, with with Ring of Honor and then, you know, you, you're internationally traveled. Uh, but when AEW came to Charlotte for the very first time, I don't know if you want me to say this. So I'm sorry if you do, but I saw you and your son there, you know, because you, you took your son to a wrestling event. And that struck me because uh, with the level that you're on, I know guys who, you know, haven't made it out of uh, the state of North Carolina that will refuse to buy a ticket to the next indie show uh, <laughs> to see like, you know, uh, you know, a big time, you know, pro wrestler or whatever, because they're not booked, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, man, like he really like loves this thing, you know, just to do it. And I know some people just have that air about him where it's just, like, you know, even if they've never made it out the state of North Carolina, they've never, you know, been to Virginia or <laughs> anything. And they still won't go to other wrestling events because they're not booked. It's, it's like, you know, it's like a slash their ego or something. Yeah, I, I love this sport. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it's been like a, a fault to me because uh, I love all aspects of it. And, and the blessing is that I've been able to do it uh, in a way to where I, I've been paid to travel the world and. And I've also already been blessed to have a transition in line to uh, I was able to move from the ring to the announce table. And so I already have like in a way my future taken care of because uh, I'm versatile enough to do more than just wrestle. You know, I can wrestle, I can commentate, I can host, I can interview, I can manage, I can produce, I can develop talent, you know. And so these things that I've been able and blessed to get my hands in um has made me fall in love with the sport and the business and all of it together you know and so uh yeah AEW comes to town and, and you know some people all they have to do is make a couple of phone calls you know and say hey I'm coming you know and um you come in and I and I love the sport man I love and even when I'm not book here you know sometimes like I got my my brother sweet dreams I say hey man you got a show this week and he'd be like yeah and I, I ride it with him somewhere. I go see Soul Patrol wrestle, uh, or I call Cozone, see what Cozone is doing. Uh, it's because I love the sport, man. I, I love the sport. I love the aspects of it. And now, uh, with my age now, I'm 44 years old, a lot of people grew up knowing me. But now I'm at a place to where I can influence others and the new up and up and coming wrestlers. I can talk to them, and um, and I think the relationship Cozone and I have. Uh, I've, I've kind of me being his mentor, the people that he mentor kind of look at me like a uncle or grandfather type thing, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, that's really cool, man. And, and to see like what he's doing and people like him are doing uh, with the next generation um, lets me know that pro wrestling is in good hands. Absolutely.
let's peel back the curtain a little bit in regards to getting booked. What, what was the process like early in your career to, to get booked on independent shows as opposed to now later with, with the internet, it's a lot easier to get your stuff out there. What was the process like early in your career and how does that compare to now? I, I think it's a lot of the same. If, if you think about it, because um, it's, it's really your work ethic. You know, the advantage people have now, I, I guess with the internet um, is that, they have footage from fans that shoot stuff about them and maybe put up. Um, but way, the way I used to get booked in the past is I, I would come to a show. I would ride with Matt and Jeff or whoever the, the, the North Carolina crew was and, and go to the show and I would referee for them. Uh, but then like if they needed a wrestler, um, an extra wrestler, I was there, you know? And so uh, I would come with my rest, referee shirt and my wrestling gear. And a lot of times, um, they would have a referee and they say, well, we just put you in this match or whatever. And whatever match they put me in, I just did my best in it, you know, and, and they would get me booked with that company more. And then there would be a promoter at that show that would book me for another show. And it just kept my, the word kind of got out that way. And um, you would get asked to go here, asked to go there. And uh, you just, you just take the bookings. And I believe it's a lot of the same now. Um, the, the only difference is the, the power of the internet and social media uh, makes it easier for other people to contact you now in different places. Yeah. Cause I, I can only imagine just getting in touch with people because if you weren't by your phone at home, you didn't get yeah. that voicemail. You, you didn't get in contact with somebody. Yeah. My phone number has been the same for over 20 years because mm. of that. I'm scared yeah. to change my phone number because, <laughs> because uh, I might get decall or, or whatever like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, it, you're, you're right. You, you put your phone number out there. Um, email out there or whatever. And then I'm old school enough to where you send you your eight by 10 and a videotape, you know, to, to, to some companies, you know, and uh, I had, I've, I've been in wrestling long enough to where I've had atlases, roadmaps, <laughs> to, to map quests, my own uh, with the GPS system to doing it on your phone, you know? So I don't know what years that kind of covers, but I've been in there <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> I've, lot of years. I've, I've, I've driven to a potato chip piece before <laughs> <laughs> because it was on the map and, and then and then got to it and touched it and was on my fingers like crap. I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, one of the things I, I always admired about you, you know, I've, I did all kinds of things. And back when you knew uh, knew me in, in wrestling, it was one of those things for me where it's like, all right, what's going to work? Is it going to be TV, radio or wrestling? And, um, you know, I was going to go with kind of where the money took me uh, at that particular point, which is which is kind of what ended up happening. Um, but you also are, are a minister and I, I've always kind of admired like folks who who have like different things and they can brand themselves in, in different ways. How uh, with, with the negative uh, connotation that wrestling sometimes gets from people with, you know, some of the things that may have happened in the past, how have you helped balance that as far as like showing that you're a man of faith, you can preach the word also, but then you're a pro wrestler and you can still perform, be very much so entertaining, but also uh, just a great character and somebody for kids to also look up to at the same time. Uh, it's just on the person, man. You know, this, this sport is not for everybody. Um, and, and I'm, I'm being honest and I'm, and I'm also being transparent because there were times where I had to sit down and, and, and ask myself, you know, am, am I going to be part of this sport or am I going to let this sport be part of me? You know, in, in a short story I'll tell is, uh, I was washing clothes one day and washing, uh, my dark colored clothes and, and I ended up putting all my clothes in there and I noticed one of my white socks had fell in the dirty clothes i mean the, the dark colored clothes but it was the, the cycle had already started and i was like oh whatever and so um after they had finished washing i put them on the dryer and i dried them or whatever like that and after they dried i pulled all the, the dirt the dark colored clothes out so where's that white sock and, and i looked in and I said, oh it's white i said i just put it up here and when i finished washing my my white clothes i just joined them back together and so uh I did that and watched the next load. My next load was the white load or whatever, put it in the dryer and all. And then I'm separating the clothes. And I was like, oh, where's that white sock at that I washed with the dirty clothes? I mean, with the dark color clothes. And I went and got it and I paired it with the sock that it was supposed to go to. And with the darker color clothes, it looked like a white sock. But when I put it back with its initial white sock, 
it was it was dingy it was dirty it didn't it didn't look the same because it had intertwined itself uh with the dark color clothes and what that told me was you know you can be seen as a, as a white sock wherever you go uh be, because you're a white sock but are you still a white sock when you get in the presence of other white socks mm. and so that's the struggle I, i've had uh in life is making sure that I can still be a white sock when I get back into church, you know, not letting uh, things influence me uh, in the entertainment world that would dinge me uh, in the spiritual world, you know, and I've struggled with that. I'm not going to lie, you know, um, but but through by the grace of God, he's kept me, he's held me. And um, and and the more the further I've got away from him and the love that he's shown me has given me love for people that are far away from him because I understand them more. If that makes any sense, because mm -hmm. no one I, I don't feel anyone intentionally is like, oh, man, I'm going to be a bad person. I'm going to be the worst I can be. And I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And if they do, they say it, but they don't really, really mean it because they want to say they have a good heart. But when you've actually done that stuff, there's a point where you can get to where you're like, oh, man, I'm, nobody's going to love me now. And I, I'm sure God doesn't love me. All the things I've done. And and I'm that person who's like, yeah, he still does. You know, because I can relate. I've done this and there's probably nothing that you've done that I haven't done. And he still loves me, you know. And so I have that testimony now. I'm assuming you've had conversations with other performers in the locker room along those lines. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and like I said, uh, some 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 I've been in the sport with, they they've chosen to they've chosen to leave the sport. And that was what was best for them. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have to make that choice for yourself, you know, what's best for you, because the sport for them gave them access to things that they wouldn't have access to mm -hmm. in other places, you know, so so they chose to leave the sport. And um, I know a couple of them now, like ministers now that I go and I go to their church uh, sometimes and sometimes they let me speak at them and all that stuff. So it, it you, you really have to it's really on you finding out if it's what you want to do and if you're willing um to stand in in that circumstance to, to stand in all of that you know and, and um and being able to you know stand and if you get knocked back down stand right back up and not waddle in it um i want to talk about just ring of honor really quick i know that uh they've kind of fallen on hard times just because of the pandemic and i mean you know every wrestling company a lot every company has felt it in some form or fashion uh and uh, at the end of the year uh everyone is on contract uh will basically go to basically being paid per appearance after they take a, a, a little hiatus. Um, you know, what's going to be the future of the company after that? Uh, are you, you know, going to still be a part of that? Uh, are there other opportunities that could possibly come up for you uh, after, um, you know, this whole situation kind of clears up? I don't know. You know, I, I was part of the meeting uh, and all, and they told us before they took, before they told everybody else, before they made an announcement, um, it, it took everybody by surprise. Uh, I, I have, been loyal to ring of honor for 11 years i've been under contract ring of honor for 11 years um the reason why i chose ring of honor is because ring of honor is the only place that's never lied to me mm. um mm. they 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 told me what they was going to do with me they told me their intentions with me and everything they've ever told me was their truth you know and uh, during the pandemic uh, it made me respect them even more because uh wwe fired over 100 people mm-hmm Ring of Honor kept everybody on and hired people that were on per payer appearance that they were looking at to keep them from being homeless. Because in professional wrestling, you know, if you're following this dream, there's a point where you get to to where you can't hold a nine to five job because yeah. that nine to five job is like, oh, you're going to have to pick. You want to do this or you or you want to have a real job. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so you can get to a point to where you're really good enough to make it on your own wrestling, but you're not with a company. You know what I'm saying? And then that company looks at you and be like, hey, you know, we can pay you to make a living uh, if you join us. You know, so there were a lot of wrestlers that were in that situation. Uh, well, a few wrestlers that were in that situation that Ring of Honor was like, hey, you know, we were looking at you anyway. We're going to give you an opportunity to make a living. We're going to take care of you during the pandemic. Wrestle for us, you know, when the pandemic is over. So they did that for us. And it kind of won me over to Ring of Honor because. I realized then that Ring of Honor is a company that I'm not a number for. I'm a person. Mm. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I was sold out to him, still sold out to him. And so when this happened, uh, I know it wasn't anything in intentional. If, if they would have had to do things different, they probably would have. Um, but it, it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. 
you know, and so um, for me, uh, they have told me that, you know, I have an open door policy with them. Um, I definitely haven't burned any bridges with them. When they open back up, I'm definitely welcome back. Um, if the management is the same, you know, uh, it's so so that part, you know, I wait on. But then until then, I have to pay bills. You know, I'm not going to lie to you even right now uh, with me knowing that, you know, my last check is at the end of the year or, or whatever like that. I'm just right now I'm out driving Uber to like be ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, and that way I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine because you have multiple strings of income and you, you try not. I say uh, don't put everything in one basket, but I would say you put everything in every basket. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And sometimes one basket is going to be big and one time another basket is going to be big or whatever. But what Uber has allowed me to do is the freedom to where when I get that phone call or when I get that, you know, message that, hey, we need you in this day, I could drop everything and I can go, you know. And um, and it's allowed me to turn it off and turn it on when I need to, you know, and because I, I was able to make a good living at Ring of Honor and just do this when I felt like it. But I've always kept my paperwork in. And, and so now. I'll do this and other things that, that come up uh, until something lands, you know, uh, and I'll do what I have to do because I am the breadwinner at my family, you know, and so whatever I need to do, I'll do. What was it like wrestling during the during the pandemic when there was no crowd for Ring of Honor? Actually, that that was the part that I think in a way made my career uh, as a broadcaster okay. because with Ring of Honor, we didn't have a crowd, and so it was just uh, – my broadcast partner in I's voice, you know, and so uh, they had the pure tournament to come. They brought back pure wrestling to Ring of Honor and they had a tournament for the pure title. And uh, Ian Riccoboni and I were the broadcast team for that. And Jim Cornette and, and a lot of other people got wind of us calling these matches and deemed us the, the greatest broadcast team in pro wrestling and this and that. And, uh, and I don't believe um, and, and, and I believe people like this before. But they were forced to hear us without the crowd then, and it kind of really won them over more. And um, and so it kind of made you pay attention to wrestling more and really listen to what's going on. And I feel my gift is is the ability to tell the story of pro wrestling and make it about the people that are inside the ring and not about me. You know, I've watched matches before that I've been a part of that I go back and watch just to see what happened that maybe I've gotten hurt on or something like that. And, and the commentators are like talking about themselves or talking about something else or putting themselves over. And I'm like, man, if I ever had that opportunity, I would really try my best to make it about the people that are inside the ring because they're literally putting their lives on the line. There are people that have lost their, lost their lives in that ring. There are people whose lives are changed forever because of what they've done in the ring, you know? And so I try to make it my business to uh, tell the story about what's going on in that ring while they're in there. Well, you know, one of the things uh, I think is interesting about the the wrestling business is that it's always changing, it's always evolving. And um, I, you know, I was talking to Darius the other day, and I was just like, you know, with the Ring of Honor thing, with all the people that WWE is letting go, you know, there's not going to be enough room in other organizations that are out there. But somebody is going to come along and and build something up, uh, whether it's Ring of Honor coming back, or you know, to where it was, or something else, you know, coming along. Like, I feel like it always happens in wrestling that way. And um, and I remember, you know, and he put me on to this particular match. He was like, you know, you have to watch uh, Gresham versus Lethal in a pure match. This was uh, sometime last year or maybe earlier this year. And um, and that was one of the things that struck me. It was just a 10 minute match. But you and Ian Rukabani did a, an amazing job. And I was like, these guys probably need to be elsewhere or like on something bigger. And that's no disrespect to Ring of Honor. But like, you know, you guys, you know, were, were doing it at a, at a very high level and it was uh, really good, you know, as far as and then also looking at as a broadcaster at you and how you've grown in that. Uh, I'm definitely proud of you as well. But I see you're getting back into the ring, though, uh, at, at Ring of Honor, though. So how how's that been kind of going doing the back and forth? Thing? Well, it, it, I love the sport, man. And, yeah. and, and my nickname there, they, they call me like the, the most versatile man or whatever or the, the switchblade of pro or the, the swiss army knife or whatever it's like wherever they plug me at you know i'm gonna do what i what i can do there you know and i uh, i landed the opportunity for a full-time uh commentary position uh when colt cabana left and so i was offered a position and i was like sure i take it and i was under an exclusive contract then and so being under an exclusive contract 
I could only do Ring of Honor stuff. And so the only thing that hindered me is that, you know, it took me off the indies. So now I'm an athlete that's off the indies that can only wrestle at a place that I'm commentating, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so uh, in a meeting we had one day, cause I was blessed to be part of creative and production and all, uh, there was an idea to bring me back in for like a past versus present type thing. And I was like, man, I'd love to do it. Just know that it'd be the first time I've been in a wrestling ring in four years, like in front of a crowd, you know? And it was like, yo, I hadn't thought about that. I was like, well, yeah, I've been exclusive, you know? And um, after the meeting, I was like, hey, you know, what about you allow me to, to do some indie stuff to kind of keep the, the dust off my cape to keep, you know, in shape? That way, when you need me to do something, I can do it and know that I'm going to give my best and not come out and they'd be like, oh, look at this commentating body. Like, you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So, like uh, what I have right now. <laughs> you, 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 you have a host body. No. <laughs> But but I but 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 that was my thing. I didn't want to get to where I'm like, oh, I'm a commentator now. I don't have to do this. And so um, and I was training at high spots. I became one of the head trainers at high spots and training some of the young up and coming athletes. It, I, I really fell in love with it even more. Um, and, and then that realizing the blessing behind me being in shape enough to keep up with these guys. Um, I feel like I still have a lot to offer to the to the sport. You know, and so uh, I did it and and being out, uh, I've been given a lot of opportunities that that have really paid off for me. And um, it allows me to be the person that if I'm somewhere to fire me, they would have to hire three people to replace me, if that makes any sense. Mm. You know, and, and that's and that's knowing your worth and that's knowing what you're capable of and knowing what you have to offer. And um, so with me being blessed to stay in shape and be the shape that I am for my age and to have the the wisdom that I'm able to retain and, and still being uh, humble enough to to get more wisdom, I believe, uh, allows me to continue to climb up to different levels. All right. Final question here. How good was Chris in the ring? I didn't get to see him wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's beat me before. I said it. All right. Uh, no, he's like Chris was solid, man. He Chris Chris was young. Um, and when he wanted to do it, he he did it. Uh he gave it his all. He uh he what you call solid. Nothing that sticks out like, oh my god, this guy's a star. Oh my god, da, da, da. it's it's like, are you wrestling Chris Lee? Okay, I'm gonna have a good match. He's gonna be solid, we're gonna be safe, we're gonna have a good match, and we're gonna have fun. Uh and also like, yeah, he, he was a solid guy, man. Solid, he could talk because of the radio host type stuff and so he was a good interviewer a good promo uh i think everybody enjoyed chris lee uh when he was part of pro wrestling and every time he shows up at a show we're like is he back is he back <laughs> you know and so uh yeah i he was good and i'm sure he has stuff that he could show you and all that he was a solid performer man and uh uh, speaking of that, he actually did show me. He, so we actually did some promo shoot for our, for our show for Culture State, and he's like, "Hey, let me pick you up for a body slam." I was like, "What? You want you want to pick me up? Like I weigh more than Chris. I just want to let you know. You can't tell by the pictures right now, but I weigh more than Chris." Um, he's like, he, "He showed me how to do it, and he sure enough, he picked me up." Yeah. And we looked back at the at the video, and he's like, "Do that pretty well." I was like, "Well, you taught me how to do it, Chris." So yeah, yeah he's so yeah, he's a great teacher too. I will give yeah. him. I will say this, though, um, you know, I, I'm in a position now, especially after the pandemic, where I have more weekends free because before when I left, the reason why I left is because I had to work on weekends. And, you know, that's when wrestling mostly happens. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have most weekends free when there's not like a huge game, especially, you know, spring and summer. And so uh, I have I've already dropped a, a couple pounds. I'm going to be hitting the gym trying to find a place in Raleigh where I can run some ropes really quick. You know, maybe we bring back um, CNC part two really quick. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to throw the C's up, man. <laughs> just, just really quick. Just, just really quick. Just, you know, shout outs to Cedric. That's the original CNC. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I enjoyed, I think we uh, tagged once uh, at a uh, five star and I, I yeah. enjoyed that. And um, <clears throat> I, I will say this. I agree with your assessment of me um, just because like, I don't think I was in wrestling long enough to get like amazing. Like I was only there for like four years. Um, but I, I do feel like um, right before things kind of changed in my career, I was starting to get to that point where I was about to hit a next level. And then my career started taking off. 
Um, it's life though, man. Look yeah. at you, bro. Like, look at what yeah. you're doing. Look at the accolades that you have now. You're a married man with children, have your house, you have your career, you're on TV, you're on radio. Like, bro, like you're doing the right thing and you still like Russell's not going anywhere. If no, you want to pick not. it back up, you know, yeah. I'm, there, you have you have not burned any bridge. You know what I mean? And so and I'll say this. I, I've drawn a lot of inspiration from you because I'm 35. And so there's been times where I was just like, man, am I too old? And then, like, I'll see you in the gym putting up hundreds, hundred pound dumbbells and calling yourself the ageless one. It's like, all right. Yeah, I, I can yeah. still do this. I still got time. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's I think I think uh, our life is is full of opportunities, you know, and, and the opportunities we take, you know, uh, is what make us. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and things that don't happen a lot of times is because of the opportunity we didn't take, you know, and, and sometimes you take an opportunity and it doesn't work out, but you know, it didn't work, but you need to know that it worked. It didn't work out because it wasn't supposed to. And the only way you'll know that is if you tried it 100% and didn't have it, you know? And so uh, I think it's take the opportunities, man, take the chances and move with it, you know, and keep going. As long as I can be your guys' manager. You guys tag back. <laughs> we can at least do it once. I'm sure we could call Cozone or something and have like a one-time thing as you know, Listen, whatever. Co Cozone every few months checks in when you're coming back. <laughs> so yeah, I already know that if, if I don't have a place, a home anywhere else, if nobody else will book me, I know Cozone will. I know I can go I to Greens. I would drop this scene. If you ever came back to Firestar Pro Wrestling as a host, as an interviewer. And ever gotten any trouble and needed somebody to tag with you to get mm. you out of it, mm. you know my number. And you I'll know, leave it I, like that. I've had trouble with the Dawsons before. So um I'll I'll just put that out there. And I, I never I never got a chance to get my revenge. That's back from 2016. I have too. Hey, I got a rookie <laughs> body, a veteran mind, a silver tongue, I'm the ageless one of a kind. You know my number ain't changed in 20 something years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Dennis, you'll be right there in the corner. Caprice, I really appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> I want to thank Caprice Coleman, the OG, uh, doing his thing, man. Uh, I love yeah. that guy. He's always been a genuine person, uh, and he has a great family as well. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about him, but his wife, Melody, is, is amazing. Uh, he has two beautiful kids. Chase, um, Chase is going to be, if he decides to wrestle, Will be a good pro wrestler. I saw yeah. it when he was little. He he just had it had it in him. He has a great personality and he's a great rapper too. Okay. When we talk about lyricists out of the state of North Carolina, Chase Coleman. Oh, I, I don't know what his uh, rap name is, but his name is Chase Coleman. He is amazing with it. He's got bars. And Gabby is is a beautiful young girl, and she is talented in a bunch. Yo, listen, I, so, I love that family. That's a great family. So Chase is a young show smooth, is what you're trying to tell me. He's a young Caprice Coleman. I will say that oh, okay. because, um, you know, I feel like I was a good rapper, but I never was like, I was never like the guy with the the witty, the the crazy witty, you know, amazing bars and, and the crazy flows. Mm -hmm. Like if he reminds me of like what Kendrick Lamar probably sounded like when he was young, okay. like 14 or 15 years old. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's um, like just the way he's like, you know, he's, he's got it. He's got it. Sure. So. I mean, I have it too, but no one ever hears, <laughs> no one ever hears I mean, it. I can spit something for you if you want me to. No, no, no. It's okay, Chris. That's fine. Okay, we'll, we'll, right. we'll save it for the live shows on Saturdays. 10 okay. over on 99.9 The Fan at WRLSportsFan.com. That was a fantastic conversation with Caprice. I, that was, it was, it was really awesome to hear him, his honesty about a wrestling company because we, we often hear in the wrestling business about, People getting stabbed in the back, or just you know, lied to, whatever it is. It's just, it's a, it's it's it, it can be very dirty in many ways, for lack of a better term. Which you probably know that experience way more than I do. Yeah. But to hear him say like, "Look, that company was honest with me." That 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 says volumes to, for a company. And just the way that I can relate to that, just as a person who's never been in the wrestling business, is just being appreciated by an employer. That is something that everyone wants when it comes to their job. They want to be appreciated and valued, you know, as a person for their company, not just a number or someone who can just, can we, how much can we squeeze out of this person? You know, that's, that's something that unfortunately has infiltrated a lot of corporations um, everywhere, but it's, it was awesome to hear him say, you know what, 
this company valued me. It, it It's sad to see the Ring of Honor, for those who don't know, Ring of Honor is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. After this year, they're basically kind of shutting doors. They're going, I guess, going on hiatus. They're going to try and reevaluate how they want to handle the, you know, the company and what they want to do moving forward. Um, so yeah, like a lot of the wrestlers that are under contract are getting released and just going to get paid per appearance, uh, which is unfortunate because this is how people pay their bills. Yeah. Um, you know, it was something that I was um, worried about when I saw, I instantly thought of Caprice um, when it happened. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there's been so many other people. I mean, we mentioned earlier, all the people that came out of ring of honor um, and, and ring of honor was there. I, I hope ring of honor doesn't go away. But if it weren't for Ring of Honor, we don't have, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to hear all these names. We don't have CM Punk. We don't have Samoa Joe. We don't have Daniel Bryan. We don't have Seth Rollins. We don't have uh, Cesaro. We don't have Cassius Ono. Um, you know, we don't have uh, Cedric Alexander, Caprice Coleman, the Bravados. Kevin Owens. Um, we don't have Kevin Owens. We don't have Sami Zayn, uh, who is El Generico there. We don't have uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Young Bucks. Young Bucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we, like, Adam, Page. Adam Page. Um, there's so many people. Um, and Ring of Honor for you know to give them their flowers from like 2005 to about 2018-19. Ring of Honor made more stars for yeah. other wrestling companies than any other wrestling company that's out there, right? Yeah. Like if you were somebody of note, if you were uh, the next star coming up. You probably went through Ring of Honor first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the point where WWE's NXT was basically a reboot of Ring of Honor, WWE style. Yeah. If we're being completely honest. Tommaso Ciampa, he was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's, so, it's so many people in, uh, that came through. So uh, I don't want to see that uh, company go away. I hope they're able to, you know, kind of figure things out and uh, get back to, you know, where they were. And I think they were always in a good spot to be the legit number three company in the nation and to produce the next stars. Yeah. If they can get back to that level, I think it's, uh, it's beautiful and, and smooth sailing from here on out. Yeah. It, like you mentioned a lot of those, those, those guys that we, that we mentioned um, ring of honor for, for, for several years was the biggest, I say the biggest, but was probably the hottest wrestling company in the world. Uh, along with New Japan, because a lot of people don't realize is that they had a, a, what's known as a talent sharing agreement with New Japan Pro Wrestling, where wrestlers from New Japan Pro Wrestling can come wrestle for Ring of Honor here in the United States, and vice versa. Ring of Honor stars could go wrestle in New Japan. So these these wrestlers were able to literally get worldwide exposure and allow them to more work opportunities. It created for fun matchups. It was really great for wrestling fans to see that. And for a long time, it was the hottest thing going. And then now you see, again, you mentioned the people are in WWE, but a lot of those top stars during that hot stretch are what started All Elite Wrestling, which is probably the hottest company yeah. in wrestling right now is All Elite Wrestling. A lot of those guys all started from Ring of Honor. Their contracts expired at the same time. Ring of Honor just didn't quite put the money up that they thought to keep some of those top guys. And guess what? Tony Khan, part of the who's part of the ownership group of the Jacksonville Jaguars, his, his family owns the Jags, put the money in. Everything just kind of fell into place. And again, a lot of those top stars from Ring of Honor, like those matchups we see, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy wrestled in Ring of Honor when their time away from WWE. That all stemmed from there. So the, the hottest wrestling company in the world right now, all elite wrestling. All those guys all came from Ring of Honor. It's, so, you know, it's amazing. That's I think that's why it's sad to see it closed down because it's done so well and it's produced such great talent. I think one of the things, like, you know, I'm glad that they had Sinclair because I think Sinclair gave them extra life because yeah. um, it was starting to go down, but it gave them extra life again. But I will say that, you know, Sinclair didn't put its all behind Ring of Honor yeah. the way that Tony Khan put his all behind AEW. Yes. And, yeah. you know, you have uh, this big-time corporation, and that's no knock against, you know, Sinclair. Sometimes you have an asset, and you don't know what to do with that asset. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan has been a wrestling fan his entire life, like super fan, and yes. he knows what to do with that asset. And mm-hmm. and he went big, and uh, and he had the money to do it, and he had the money to go big. There were yeah. times where, you know, 
you watch Ring of Honor and you're just like, they're owned by Sinclair, which is a TV company. Yeah. They can at least get proper lights, you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> to make it look better on TV. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and, and I'm not trying to knock Sinclair whatsoever, but I, I think for a long time Sinclair didn't really understand what they had um, because I feel like they could have filled that void that AEW filled um, yeah. if the right visionary uh, came along and if they were willing to spend the money. But um, I have no doubt that at some point, whether it's Ring of Honor or another company that's going to take the Ring of Honor model, um, they're going to come around and, and they're going to snap up some of these people and they're going to have jobs again. One of the things that Ring of Honor doesn't get credit for, they made professional wrestling cool again. Yeah. After WCW and ECW folded, ECW, of course, was gimmicky in the fact that it was all about the hardcore matches. Right. WCW was horrible its last couple of years. Um, and WWE is more focused on entertainment, hence the E, right? Um, they don't even really say tell you what the what the second W tell, stands for anymore. Um, Ring of Honor came along in the early 2000s, along with the rise of TNA, and they used to share talent back in, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and really made the actual art of professional wrestling cool again. So that's one of the things I, I love about them. When I, as a wrestler, I would study Ring of Honor DVDs to get better as a wrestler. I have all kinds of Ring of Honor DVDs over there. And um, and so that's one of the things that um, I, I'm going to absolutely love about them. And shout to Caprice Coleman and everybody that's over there right now. From right here in North Carolina, Chris. From right here in North Carolina. More you know, next, County. Next, next time you pop in one of those Ring of Honor DVDs, make sure you have some Papa Murphy's Pizza with you. You can pop in that DVD. Pop in that Papa Murphy's Pizza. Large top, large pizzas, $10.99 every Tuesday. $10.99 on Tuesdays. Get it fresh. Papa Murphy's Change the Way You Pizza. Give them a follow at Papa Murphy's on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you guys for watching us. If you're on YouTube, we will be on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Lee TV at the fan rookie, both Twitter and Instagram, and also at Culture State Pod. Please listen, review, subscribe, five stars, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. We really appreciate you guys, and we out. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.